0: Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Uh, as always, not as always, but as the last three weeks have gone, we have all three of us here together today. Uh, Jack and I are actually together in the same room which it's been a while since we've recorded together. But in St. George, on the other side of the continent, we have the best abs in triathlon, Nicholas Chase. The fastest yes. ab, best abs in triathlon. Fastest best abs? I don't, uh, I don't know if that works. There's a uh, lot to do with the six-packs, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah but the best six-pack? But there's only one person with the best six-pack, so that would automatically make you the fastest. Just saying, it's worth noting
1: well a uh a post-race emaciated ironman athlete might be able to beat you for the abs i bet you cody when he crosses his abs get pretty good
0: no i i have never claimed that it's only been said about me cody's is ripped diesel (laughs) (laughs) it's true uh but i heard that you weren't the fastest abs in the pool this morning
1: You got a training partner.
0: Tell us about that. I just got done like 30 minutes ago. So my hair's still wet. Well, they don't know when we recorded this. Well, I okay, it wasn't this morning, it was in the evening after I ran two hours this morning. So I was a little smashed. Oh, okay. So pre, pre, you know, excuse. (laughs) All right, just rested all day long
1: and then went and did this. I did, even (laughs) though I
0: was on meetings, I wasn't resting. Okay. But, anyways, to be getting the point, I do have a very Awesome opportunity, something I've looked forward to for a very long time. And I've even so Ben Canute's here a bit early to get ready for 70.3 worlds, as is our guest today. Um, we'll get more into that. But so since Ben's here, it's been great to be able to like train with him a bit, um, understanding that he is one of the best swimmers in the sport. So I've always been like wanting to see what the secret stroke technique is and I can just tell you for sure that his high end is like just at another level when it comes to stroke rate and kick rate. Like that's that's it. His form and like anything that we do that's just nearly like 110 per hundred meters or one oh eight per hundred meters is pretty good, but then he can dial it down, you know, even faster to like one oh four, one oh three. Um so he's he's just quite the ripper. Um and I was anyways, it was is humbling. But it's also like something I've always wanted to do is like swim with Ben. So it's happening.
1: (laughs) So you guys had some descending 200s today. And what did he get down to for his last one?
0: I don't even remember looking at the times, to be honest with you. I don't think I think he outtouched me by like at least five or six seconds on the 200, though. And I think I probably was doing 110s. So I did, you know, probably 220. He did probably 214 or something real
1: fast and, that, and that's a really slow pool like it has no gutters it's fucking cement it's he just, was in the gutter lane <laughs> it's literally like at least a second per hundred slower than like a good competition pool so that's really ripping
0: yeah so that was fun and then um we're gonna but tomorrow we're gonna smash some snow canyon reps and i'm planning on hopefully slapping them around on the bike <laughs> make
1: just yourself to, feel better
2: just feel yeah. a little bit better
1: well, well that sounds like fun training with him. I know that whenever Garrett and I swim with that, you just slow down just stay with us. So
0: <laughs> whatever. Um, uh, but so yeah, you two are together. What's the occasion? Is it uh is are you tying the knot? He did propose to me a couple weeks ago, but I told him I was already married.
1: So unfortunately, yeah. But um no, we're just training, hanging out. We uh Garrett got here last night today. Garrick had a solid run workout. We uh, I I went and did my easy spin, carried bottle, got some video. And uh, Garrick's going to Waco. Him. No.
0: No, no. I am not going to, to Waco anymore. That changed, uh, that changed mid mid-September. I thought last podcast you were about to go, maybe that was two podcasts ago.
1: No, no. he was not gonna to go to Waco. He's, no, going, he's going, going to Mexico. Cabo.
0: Mexico. Cabo.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're getting ready for that. Sorry. I'm ready for Worlds and Cabo, so that's gonna be sick. Uh, so tomorrow we're gonna. What else did we do today? We do a swim, little swim. Garrett, did the spin. Yeah, then
0: I spin. Tomorrow we're gonna do. We got a run in the morning. Then we got five, just over five k swim, and then we had like a three hour bike.
1: Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna yeah. roll. Uh. Well, it says to do this workout, but we might just do a Zwift race instead because it's more fun.
0: So we'll see. Ooh. Dual Swift race. You have all the gear and internet to handle that type of situation out there. I don't know. We'll give it a try. <laughs> all right.
1: Well, I've only been disconnected from Zwift one time ever in a race here, and it was when my computer just full on crashed. Like it just was like it just like froze and it was just like and then I had to just shut her down, hard reset, 30 minute update. That was during the race. Yeah, it was during a race like last week awesome but yeah. anyway so that's that and then uh we're you know gonna just rip that and then you're probably in home
0: tomorrow night i guess yeah so you just came out for how many days just two days just uh the two hard days in the middle of the week so just like eight hour drive just for the hell No, class. it's like three hours <laughs> it's three hours oh i thought you were in michigan still yeah i am but it's still only three hours oh great Sorry, yeah. I yeah. think you're thinking of the drive from Michigan to Toronto. That drive was exceptionally different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guelph was like your first stop. Yeah. But anyways, so
1: that's what's going on with us. Nick's been training Ben. I'm going to be heading down to St. George soon. And you know, who else is going to be racing there? Ellie Saltos. We're going to have her on right now with her coach and obviously boyfriend first, but also been coaching with her when we chat and chat with them and seeing what their lives like and talking to ellie about her i think it's fifteen, seventy point three 70.3 wins so. 17 17 yeah so that's incredible we'll jump into that now yeah
0: so without further ado all right we've got ellie Salthouse and her boyfriend actually you're more than a boyfriend you're like a nice piece of luggage that you never want to lose <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel yeah. like that was <laughs> not a compliment. Was, got, I've got You're some ranking luggage above boyfriend. I've
3: got some baggage. Yeah. yeah. That's wow.
0: essentially what I was saying. I, was, I fought for some luggage in my divorce, so that's how important it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Anyways, Zach, thank you for coming on too. Um, we obviously are going to look to you to hear all the dirt that Ellie doesn't oh. really bring up good
1: uh-uh. and you know what before we even get into it i need to praise zach for saving my ass at Collins cup saving my chances of coming not last
0: wait what because bike my problem did Valve you have?
1: broke my my valve broke and i needed a new tubeless valve and he just like was like don't worry about it i got it and then i got to my bike and it was perfect so yeah
2: that's epic i didn't know that yeah it was like in transition i think you were pumping up you were pumping it up and it just snapped in half, right yeah yeah and yeah, was like, um, yeah there was no like there, all, there was no sealant left in it <laughs> and then I was like oh a nice valve then I, I think we we're gonna put a tube in it first but then I think Hayden Wild had the spare valve and yeah how was he there he was one of the um He's a wild card uh, yeah the wild card yeah. yeah oh really I didn't even know that yeah I think yeah we got his spare tubeless valve and then I think you were off warming up or something and I was like yeah don't worry about it right, I'll sort it out
1: Yeah, they were like, they're. They told me they're just like, ah, just leave. We'll have our mechanics deal with it. And I was like, no, I'm gonna talk to the mechanic that I trust. because I don't trust you guys to just put some random like guy on this from your I remember
2: the thing that you were so like, keen I was like, so like my helmet straps got to go this way on the bike. And I was like, don't worry about it. Like I've got it. covered. <laughs> and they
1: were proper. And it, it really saved me that one second from being beat by 25 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, at least you were able to race. Cause that would have been a day. Oh remember. yeah, for sure. No, no, it was great. But more to the point of the story, Zach's a great mechanic. He does all of, Ellie's mechanic stuff, I believe, and then apparently all of everyone at
0: Collins Cup. So, yeah, yeah. pretty much. It doesn't charge her battery though, because we went on a bike ride once and her battery died. It was no, like
3: fully dead, dead. Not oh. Battery, it like oh, it was zero. a firmware okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's t- t- a warranty.
0: I take <laughs> it back. Um, so Ellie, so Zach, Zach, are you the guy that built Paula's bike at Collins Cup
2: as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. fully
0: built her brake was broken you
1: had
2: to transfer over everything right hydraulic yeah. brakes and everything um, yeah because we went to like the mechanics like at the collins cup and i was like hey do you have like a dub bottom bracket remover tool and they were like what and i was like you know like a dub bottom bracket like do you have a removal tool and they were like oh nah and i was like well like just let me in your tent and i'll just deal with it and i just got like some vice grips and like a cloth and they were like oh you can't do that and i was like mate, just like step aside, please." Uh, yeah he
3: he was up building it at like midnight
2: (laughs) god that's epic it was good
1: but nick just went to probably take a shit or something but uh we wanted to talk with you guys well firstly ellie's won 17 70.3s now i think that's probably the most of anyone we've ever had on the podcast so like what is it like has that like half the 70.3s you've ever done that you've won like how did you when did you start winning these and uh how does this you know that is that like the most of anyone racing right now like I feel like that's got to be a record
3: I don't know to be honest I won my first one in 2016 and I won I think I won three in 2016 maybe two in 2017 well and then last year I won eight so I think that was my (laughs) biggest year so that Oh, helped with the tally yeah no kidding. <laughs> but, yeah I don't know if it's a record but I don't really like look at them as like notching up wins on the board it's just I don't know when I go to race I go to to win and yeah I guess racing in Australia helps too because our season is opposite to the rest of the world so we don't have a huge contingency show up for those races so I mean, it's it's often got, like, three or four, like, really solid athletes there, but it doesn't go that deep, so.
0: Are you being super modest right now?
3: <laughs> no, I'm just saying, saying how it is. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, regardless, it's definitely
1: super impressive, and we've had, I guess, so kind of diving into that a little bit, like, it used to be sort of you'd race, like, eight 70.3s and win all of them, I guess, in a year, but now things are different with, like, these PTO races, a lot of prize money people are racing less of the smaller races and more of the bigger races. So like, how is that? How have you approached that this year? Like, obviously, you know, you've had some pretty good results, but not quite what you've wanted in terms of like the PTO races yet this year. Um, So I, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, I got to figure this thing out. But how, how are you finding that transition of like, okay, now we got to compete with like the best of the best all the time?
3: Yeah, I think it's a good thing because it makes races like world championships must much less scary because you've already raced all the people that you'll race um, throughout the year. Um, so I think it's really good that we have like a select four or five big races because it means we can plan our season around them as well. Um, and we, we get to race less off less often and earn hopefully more money, more points. So it's a bit more meaningful when we do get to race. Um, and you can train like train around them, plan your blocks, your training blocks and all that kind of thing around, you know, four or five big races and then supplement with smaller ones if you want to. Um, so yeah, I think it's great. But yeah, I'm yet to have kind of my dream day in a big race. So hopefully in two weeks at World Chips that, that'll come for me. <laughs> and I'm you two, it guys. with
1: you. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely we've always like both of us probably have already structured our years to like peak at world champs time so it's been hard to like really nail it earlier in the year and um hopefully world champs will be our time but um (laughs) it's obviously a very different course too yeah i
3: think it's also hard because for so long we've planned our year about around a september world champs so you know we've always been aiming to peak in september and then when we have races in April, May, June, basically one every single month until now. It's really hard to be on for all those months ahead of world champs when our bodies and our training plans are usually to get us ready for September.
1: Yeah, actually, good point. I've always like tried to take a mid-season break at like whatever, July or August or something, but it's been like, well, I'm not going to skip Canadian Open. I'm not going to skip Collins Cup. I'm not going to skip Dallas.
3: So yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just kind of not happened this year
3: yeah, um, which is a change.
1: for sure. But you've also had a coaching change recently. So why don't you tell us about that and what your coaching setup is and you know, how much of a dick your coach is. All of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that.
3: Yeah. Uh, well, that's another reason I think like it's taking a while for my new training plan to click. So I think that's also another reason I haven't quite had my dream day yet this year. Um, it's been a big adjustment. I was with Siri, obviously, for eight years. So uh, she was a big part of my life. But earlier this year, we just decided it was, well, I decided that it was time for a change. And yeah, so now Zach is overseeing all my coaching um, and taking care of my running. Uh, I have a swim coach, Sean Crow, back in Brisbane, who's taking care of my swimming. And then Pete Richards from Tico Tech Training is doing my cycle coaching. So been interesting having three separate coaches um but i am enjoying it something new something different um and i'm using a lot more data than i ever have before so that's been a really big change
1: well before with siri a lot of people probably don't know so what's like her coaching style i know there's not much data but um what were like your workouts like before compared to now for example like a hard bike like how would it be structured differently
3: Uh, Everything was on perceived effort. So I never used any data up until this year. Um, So I didn't really know what a what was. (laughs) (laughs) I had to learn that this year. Um, But yeah, I mean, the training sessions aren't like that different. It's just I have that kind of power focus now on the bike. Um, So yeah, I mean, it gives me something else to think about. And it's a nice way for me to be able to track my progression and how my training's going and, and I can put a value to the session rather than just be, you know, how I feel. So, yeah.
0: All right. So let's get away from the Hallmark answer. Um, Zach, how's it
2: been going? <laughs> it's good. I think the the hardest thing um, for Ellie to learn is say if like you year do an effort between, I don't know, let's say 150 Watts and 170, like, there is it's a must that it's like 171 like it's not like in the range it has to exceed the range and i'm like well like it's great to overachieve if you want but the range is there for a reason and like but ellie's like pre-style the perceived effort was like we'll just go three out of five and three out of five could vary so much on each day depending if you're tired feeling good but now it's like well, no matter what i've got to hit the upper end of my numbers and I'm like, oh. that's like every triathlete ever. So don't worry about that. <laughs> oh.
3: Yeah, see, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> <Yeah>. that different.
0: <laughs> no, I yeah. mean, it's kind of our personality, but having ridden with both of them while Ellie's doing efforts, you know, watching Zach like peek over at her <laughs> at her bike computer while she's climbing and then be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah, you better back off. And she's like, well, it just feel good. Like, it, it's just, yeah. it's hard to tame back when you do feel good and that's something i think all triathletes are guilty of multiple times a week
2: yeah 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 i think the the big thing that like i've seen over the last couple of months is being able to track like in percentage like the gain in speed and the gain in power from like staying in your like zones especially like your heart rate drop for like endurance-based stuff like six weeks ago your heart rate would have been you know five to ten beats higher than what it is now it's just and it's just like getting used to being in that uncomfortable endurance zone whereas you had no idea what endurance was
3: i thought aerobic and endurance and easy were all the same thing
0: <laughs> sometimes they are interchangeable but not always yeah
3: so i i really didn't know anything i didn't know anything about zones data i was just perceived effort which worked for me for yeah, eight for a years a lot but, of athletes yeah but yeah I just felt like I needed something different and something like a little bit extra to kind of elevate my training to the next level what's
0: well, a bit of a carrot too when you set the standard of what you know you need to exceed now so like your snow canyon reps, and now you know what the power should look like based on your competition who has Strava so now you can figure out how hard you need to ride. But you've also been in St. George now for how long?
3: Uh, since the end of June. So four so, months.
0: Yeah, yeah, so you've had plenty of time to revisit a lot of the same routes, which is perfect.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful here. Even just if we weren't racing here, it's st- such an ideal place to train. No, it's not. <laughs> I mean,
0: don't <laughs> no, come Go to Tucson with Lionel and Sam mm-hmm. Long. They're, they're it's better training partner. <laughs>
3: boulder yeah. with every man and their dog They <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: so we've we've kind of heard about what you're doing now your coaching switch coaching change and stuff but like who is ellie salt house and what is your story yeah let's go into that
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: i'm just a girl <laughs> uh my story well i started triathlon when i was 11 years old so that's my triathlon story Um, I turned professional at 17 and started racing on the ITU ranks, uh, World Triathlon Series. Didn't have a whole lot of success there. I mean, I I got two silver Youth Olympic medals, but after that, it was kind of a bit of a flop from there. Um, So I left the sport actually in 2014. I just totally quit, walked away. And took, I had no. Took in- up
2: bodybuilding. Yeah, I took up bodybuilding. <laughs> so, but why did you leave?
3: <laughs> um, because I had an eating disorder and I was very unhappy. Yeah. Um, hated the sport. Hated living overseas, away from my friends and family, and I was just very lonely and sad. Um, so yeah, I had no intention to ever come back. And yes, six months later, I decided that I had unfinished business in triathlon and that I still loved it. Still wanted to race. Um, because I hadn't really found that competitive aspect outside of triathlon. So I think that's what I was missing.
0: Did you beef up though for bodybuilding? Yeah. (laughs) uh, We'll we'll post those images in the show notes. uh, I did
3: not keep any pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, then I contacted Loretta Harib, um, who was an Olympic silver medalist for Australia in 2004. And I asked her to coach me. And at the time, she had just had her second child. So her priorities were kind of elsewhere. But she happened to be best friends with Siri. And so that's how I ended up being coached by Siri. Moved to Boulder a couple months later. And that was that. that. Now we're here. There
0: you go. And no Boulder this year because St. George has world championship where Ellie needs to win.
3: Exactly. Yeah, Ellie well, just needs to have a race that she's proud of.
0: <laughs> also, yeah. in Saint George,
1: um, Zach can be a lot more busy with all the flats that she's going to get with the terrible oh. roads. So
0: <laughs> I don't know what happens to people when they come here, but it's like <laughs> how to like look ten feet ahead and avoid things. Like, how many flats has she gotten
2: since being there, Zach?
3: Only like been, five.
2: No way. We've we've gone through. We've definitely gone through it. seven eighty mil tubes, yeah, and I think three or four yeah, I think three or four forty-eight mils. Like we literally ran out of tubes for a while and had to go to the bike shop. Yeah, and, and then all the
0: Ken canoe got three the other day on the
2: same well, ride.
0: I think he had a double flat because he had something still in his tire. But then him and I on our <laughs> six-hour ride, he got a flat in the last forty-five minutes and then had a massive nosebleed. So it's just been great. <laughs> well i'm just telling you nick (laughs) everyone gets flats
1: everyone gets flats like crazy in st george and the only roads that you don't get flats on that are nice they use for the race which is great but they're not roads you want to ride on ever except for when they're closed for the race why not other than sonneau canyon well the roads for the race well i guess the first one's good but then when you go through like hurricane and all that it's like eh. plus the road itself is a lot better than the shoulder the shoulder always has lots of Little things on it, and yeah. Rocks. I will
0: say there is a lot of debris on the shoulder for most of the week, but they have gotten better at sweeping it regularly. But if you look ahead and just like it's like when you're on the gravel on a gravel bike, and it's like you can see where the gravel's packed and where it's loose, and you find that line, the same thing. Yeah,
1: but you're looking ahead on like there's like 800 rocks in your field of view. You can't just you like pick a perfect path. path you're gonna hit least some rocks.
0: shitty rocks. <laughs> well i've also
1: been with you in st george and you've gotten a couple flats when i've been yeah. riding with you there which is only <laughs> yeah. like a month of total riding so
3: yep. wrong <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen we just Anyways. To keep zach busy now that he's close yeah. his bike shop yeah. we need to keep him you yeah. know, doing keep his my, thing my thumbs going. yeah so,
2: so oh, i
1: think we got to dive into zach a little bit more he owned a bike shop he, I want, I want to hear the, I want the listeners to hear the story of how that bike shop came and went and, uh, why you're, you know, just hanging out with, why you're able now to just hang out and like be coach mechanic going all these races. What happened?
2: So it was, uh, it all started, uh, eight years ago now. Um, I was working at a bike shop for a long time. And some guy came in. He was probably about 90 kilos. Um, he'd been to the doctor. And he was drinking three liters of coke a day. And they were like, "Mate, you've got to like change your lifestyle. Like you're in a terrible shape." So he bought a bike off me. Uh, just a very entry-level Cannondale roadie. Um, rode it for like six months hard. Came in, bought another bike. Came in again. And the shop was starting to get busy. And I was like, "Mate, when you like, do you want a job? Like we're getting busy. I need to hire someone." So I hired this guy. Anyway, we worked together for about another year and then we decided to go out and open our own store um, so my mom gave me uh, she extended her mortgage by like 50k and a really nice friend gave us 25 so we opened the shop on 75 grand and we were originally Cannondale for five years and then um, they ran out of stock uh, big time in Australia so we had to jump ship to specialize which was incredible and we were a two-man operator I did all the mechanics and, and like a bit of selling and Steve did a lot of selling and all at the back end of social media and running like shop rides and gravel rides. It was unreal. Um, but then Trek followed the Trek went for a really aggressive expansion in Australia and started buying up independent stores. Um, and then about two years later, Specialized followed. Um, and they were basically like, Hey, we have a, um, an amount that we think your shop is worth. So, uh, but they didn't. They never disclosed to us what the the figure was. They said, "Let us have a look at your back end of all your figures, and then we'll give you a figure of you know you basically become us. We'll buy your store off off you, and you still run the shop. But you had to sign like an NDA that you wouldn't open another store for two years or so. And I was like, eh, I don't know how this is really going to go. Um, so we kind of like sat on it for a while and then the biggest store in Brisbane um in the city sold for I think it was uh 20 23 million it sold for it's like in the heart of our city and it became like this specialized concept store and from that day we were never supplied another road bike another e-mountain bike like they just kind of cut us off and so we're like well you know as a two-man operator in a small business, so like, we couldn't one get bikes to sell or two compete against the concept store. So we basically decided to just can it uh, without letting anyone know, sell everything down um, to our good customers, walk away with the chunk of money, and just bankrupt the company. So it's a pretty ruthless way to do it. So those wholesalers got nothing. We never paid their final invoice because we were like, well, you basically gave us restriction to trade, but in order for us to go against you guys in court, it would cost you know thousands and thousands of dollars. And other small businesses had done that against Trek, um, and there was a huge class action for like fifty two mil in Australia, but it's still ongoing.
0: So this is something that bike shop
2: or bike companies have done routinely. Hundred percent. So like you imagine, if you've got like if the three of us own a store and we are turning over a million dollars a year. And you're specialized, who are who knows how much they're worth. They go, All right, well, we'll offer these three owners $750,000. we will buy them. And then we get all their customers, all their goodwill for maybe like what, three quarters of a year of turnover. And then they have that stranglehold of the market yeah. in, in that section. So that's boom, that's special. And then boom, you've got Trek over here. So yeah, we decided we don't want to be a part of that. So we just close the doors and yeah can't blame you i've
0: i've had plenty of friends who are in the same situation in the u.s who have gotten screwed over by distribute distribution price mongering from other shops to the other and certain distributors getting um be- better pricing yeah like it's just a it's a cutthroat industry it
2: sounds like yeah i mean if i work for one of those big companies i completely see why they would do it like their drop ship kind of idea where as a customer you can go online and you know order a $15,000 bike to the closest store they'll build it for you and you go in and pick it up like I think that's pretty cool um but, but the, the shop isn't taken care of no that they don't get any profit they get they just get that's the list price and you don't, you don't even get a price to build the bike it's just you're part of us now and tr- yeah this is your duty yeah so yeah I think it's sad because, in a way, a lot of people go to a small bike shop for that personalized, like, service. Like, you know, we could have sold any brand, and our loyal customers would have been like, "Oh, cool, you guys stock Cervelo now." Like, I trust you guys; I'll buy Cervelo. Yeah. So, yeah, concept stores aren't for everyone, and especially the mechanics. So.
3: But now he gets to travel with me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Silverline. Eight yeah. years of experience. To yeah. help you fix
1: one flat each ride, and yeah. yeah,
2: change all my flats. <laughs> Shit, damn. <laughs>
1: But in all seriousness, how sweet is it that you, every time you go to fly to a race, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to pack my clothes. And he does your bike, takes it apart, probably greases it up, does everything perfect. Yeah. yeah no time to awesome. get there. Oh man. I would freaking love that. Maybe I got to explain Montana on mechanicals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, got, yeah. you got Garrett. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, we might have a mechanic at one of our races with us later this year. That'd yeah, I was cool. going to say, we're
0: trying to talk in, talk our buddy into coming and being a mechanic for us for one of our races. What race? Daytona. And another Fox. one. Yeah.
3: Sorry, that's not available. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dang it. Yeah. But, so, world's coming up. How are you feeling? How's training going? And, you know, you, I think you're going to be ready for it. It sounds like your training is going really well, according to your coach. So, what do you think?
3: Yeah, I think it is too. um, It's probably the best I've felt in a long time at the moment. So I just hope it correlates to race day. Um, It's always a bit nerve wracking coming off a couple not so good races. So I'm a bit nervous to see what's going to happen. But I'm confident that my training, my fitness, everything's, you know, as good as it's, you know, as good as it can be um and obviously I know the course really really well having been here for so long so I think I've got a little advantage with that as well so yeah I mean this this course suits me perfectly so I'm looking forward to it and
1: you're cool. looking forward to the cold weather right
3: yeah not so much <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's still warm here now so I'm hoping it like abnormally sticks around to the end of October so no. play into my favor
0: <laughs> i suspect we've got at least one more week of good weather before we're starting to really see some dips i, I really say that. that's, that's so typical how's the uh, reservoir is it still up over 70 yeah it's going to be probably even on race day i bet it'll be around 70 i don't think it's going to drop too much um, is that wetsuit? yeah it'll be wetsuit for us like 71 point whatever it's changed again i don't know i think this cut off 72 or so well, uh, it depends on which rules they're deciding to use and which organization said that something. Um, but The some- age group is the wetsuit cut off 90 degrees. That's like 76. Um, yeah, uh, but it's always 76, even if it's like I was 85. Say, the <laughs> thermometer they use doesn't go above 76. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. They measure right at the edge of the water. Yeah,
0: yeah. They measure right after IP in the area. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, okay. So Kona just happened. Obviously you guys must've paid attention somewhat interesting this year where Kona is before 70.3 worlds. And, you know, how do you think that's going to change the field? Do you think it's going to mean like a lot of people will be like, Oh, I'm tired. I'm not going. Or on the other side, is it, Oh, I, Kona's already done. I might as well go race and, you know, see what I can do.
3: Um, From what I've heard, I think it's going to be a very small start list. Um, I think a lot of the big players from Kona are taking a break now, Uh, rightfully so. I mean, they've had two world championships already this year. So they've had to be on for May and October or September, whenever it was. And so I think that, yeah, I think a lot of them are taking their off season now. Um, So it'll be interesting to see uh, who's actually going to be on the start list for 70.3 Worlds, because I know a lot were deciding post-Kona whether they would hang on for one more race or take a break. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully that means the specialist 70.3 athletes get to shine a little more. Um, it changes the dynamic of the race a little bit more as well. Um, mm-hmm. Perhaps some of the Uber bikers that are normally there won't be there. So or will be there, and they'll be
1: tired or a little bit off.
3: Yeah, it might play into the favor of the swim runners this time. So yeah, it could change the race. So yeah, we'll just have to wait and see who actually turns up um on race day
1: yeah i think it's gonna be the same both men and women like you've you've also like you said like they've been on for two worlds and a lot of them all the pto events yeah and and, um some people are looking at it like some people have had a great year looking at it like look i was i did great in two worlds had a good day at whatever dallas or canadian open and they maybe don't need to race when there's all these opportunities eventually people gotta kind of take a break but We'll see. I still think it's going to be super competitive, but um, it, that's just the name of the game in the sport now. Like a non competitive worlds this year would still be more competitive than any worlds was up till like 2019. So, yeah, uh, it's still, still a world pretty...
3: championship at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, you got to show up to win it. So,
3: yeah,
0: it feels like last year's 70.3 worlds was a little bit less competitive, even the North American champs, which was earlier in the year. So, it was just really staggering to see who goes where i think pto races have churned up the water incredibly well Mm.
3: yeah i think some people are looking at it as as they've almost with the pto races they've almost had their three big races of the year already yeah so some people are probably thinking they don't even need to come
0: yeah and what's that say to iron man when you know a perceived you know i guess self-stated 70.3 world championship is less valuable well i guess you know the paycheck is less valuable than any of the PTO races. So it makes sense that people have discredited a little bit of that event charisma, Mm. putting their energy
2: elsewhere. I don't blame anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when like the start lists are super competitive and deep as well. Like those two PTO events this year, both start lists were stacked. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's the thing is when
1: you put up enough money, the people will go, even if all the, full people will go the half people will go even if they're off of form a bit, everyone's gonna go because even on a you'll always go for a chance even if you happen to strike a good day and come a top 10 like yeah it's so worth it like um where's 70.3 worlds if people are thinking oh i'm off form a bit, i'm definitely not going to be top five well then all of a sudden it's like not really that worth it for most of those yeah. people
0: yeah top five probably pays like less than 10 grand now who knows yeah,
1: fifth I is about 10 fifth is 10 grand. That I know that prestige. I yeah. 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 But uh anyways, we're we're so for it. We're gonna be there. Yay. I'm coming in in a week. Well, Yay. from when this airs, I'm probably already there. Uh Nick lives there, so I guess I'll have to hang out with him too. And <laughs> we're going out to it. altitude, Nick. It's gonna be fun on altitude camp 2.0 this year
0: for 6 days uh, you know. You go well, for- actually,
1: we might have to modify the dates a bit because they might be making us come down on Wednesday for the pre-race meeting I heard, which is stupid.
0: Oh, that's okay. We can just drive down for a 3-hour round trip. We'll see. We'll figure out. Maybe we should go up a couple days
1: earlier. Maybe we just go up on Wednesday when I get there. What what day are you coming in? Wednesday the 19th.
0: Okay. Well, I was planning to go up on the 20th anyways. Okay. Well, whatever. We'll go up. I don't <laughs> it's probably go not. up
1: the 19th get it all done go up there ripper
0: probably won't even help but let's do it <laughs> <laughs> all right we're just planning our lives on the podcast here yeah. we usually like this all
1: the time we're like
0: hey wait, are you coming over for dinner i forgot okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you bring the mashed potatoes
1: <laughs> i know but uh, the other thing we got to do is we got to have those freaking frozen delicious true fruit tree, oh, tree free. Tree free, tree free. You got to get them to send some more free ones because those things are about yeah, not
3: true. Fruit, ones. we want free. Did that please? <laughs> yeah,
0: especially the pineapple yogurt one. Those
3: are oh, yeah, nice.
0: oh, I haven't tried that one. Decent,
3: yeah, they're good.
2: Yeah, we stocked up the fridge, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah, my.
0: so I was actually reorganizing my freezer today because I couldn't close the damn thing. And I was like, we got like seven unopened true fruits in here so. <laughs> yeah
3: because we left them the other day. Yeah, we have a dog sitting. We're like, oh, we'll just put them in.
0: Well, you can smash them, I'll let you here. Um. So, anyways, that's about it. Anything else coming up worth noting besides Worlds? Um, no. Months Yeah, that's going to be a huge race. $25,000 prize, purse. Pablo? It's going to be like me and you and the Mexicans, and that's yeah. it. You're <laughs> like buy a plane ticket just in case. Wait, what
3: is it 70.3? Co- <laughs> yeah, the week-
0: it's a weekend after Worlds. Nice.
3: nice. That's like if a you big- don't want to
0: come, vacation race. It'll be
1: fun. Oh, no, my
3: going home. right, I'm racing 70.3 Melbourne. Two weeks off, though
1: oh okay yeah that's...
3: so you can always come to that with us
1: yeah, oh, yeah i think we should that's good good value on that three thousand dollar flight <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey you can save on accommodation we'll put you up
1: yeah, ah, yeah there it is <laughs> for yeah. what's the price first like 15k
3: 30
2: 30 oh that's actually that's a big decent. one but for world's 2024 in new zealand you got to tie in an aussie trip as well yeah yeah that makes for sure better. Definitely.
3: It's only a three-hour flight, so Yeah, no excuses.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely down for that.
1: I've never been over to New Zealand or Australia or any of those places, so I might just try to do a whole
2: far-over-there land trip. Yeah, yeah do you, it. You can I tie think... in all the Asian racing as well because it's all around the same time. of year. Yeah. Hopefully, they bring some back. Yeah, yeah, they're bad. The is. Yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 70.3 <well, laughs>
0: Wuhan. Also, <laughs> <laughs> they, they tried, tried
3: to
2: put a challenge,
0: challenge is cleanest place in the world right now,
3: <laughs> probably yeah. because it's still in lockdown.
0: Uh,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god.
3: Jeez.
1: Well, it's been a blast. We, uh, you know, probably should let you go and eat all of Nick's whatever he's making you for dinner. You're making them dinner, aren't you?
0: I've got a oven pizza ready to go. tree fruit. And tree fruit. <laughs> and tree free. And tree That's fruit. pretty good. That's all I need. Yeah. But we'll see you in a we.
1: Well, probably, you're probably not coming up to altitude with us, but we're see, we'll see you at least in two weeks before the race. Yeah. yeah. And, Bring uh, your, uh, your all-weather
3: tires. Yeah. Uh, gator skins yeah. or whatever you prefer.
0: <laughs> nah, he'll just take all mine.
1: Yeah, I'll just bring my no. I, here, actually, before I forget, I gotta say it on the show. Can you arrange like a real trainer for me? I don't even want to ride on the fucking roads for the race. I'm gonna be honest.
3: Oh, what? I have a I have a wahoo roller. You can have it.
1: Does it's it have like power? Like you can, yeah. it can, you can actually roll it. Oh, sick!
3: Yeah, it's a I'll smart like. trainer. You can you can borrow that because I like, like to ride outside in the fresh air and sunshine
0: okay.
1: and sick. all
3: the flats.
0: Cool. I'll
1: ride in the garage at 10,000 feet and do like 40 watts. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <All
0: y'all. laughs> Sick. Yeah. All right. Well, bring off, you two, and uh, have a great <laughs> mind. All right, yeah, you guys have a good time. Bye. Uh, guys. Bye. Yeah. out. I got ish to do, flying through the sky in my parachute, dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise on a one-man mission trying to see it through.